In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Do you know why I say that every time? Because Christ is risen. And because it's true. Because Christ is risen, he is here with us today. Now today is a big day, liturgically speaking. It is known as the third day of Pascha. Yes, it's still Pascha. And it's also known because of that as the day we commemorate the murdering women. So the gospel that we just read reminds us of his resurrection. So it is the church's way of keeping us in the feast in as intense a way as we can. Now the murdering women, if we read the various gospels, we read that there were multiple trips to and from the tomb with various people and Christ appearing to various groups of them. But the church and the evangelists in the gospels tell us their names. First and foremost, and above all, Mary the Theotokos, who was with Christ um, through every step of his passion um, to the very end. Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, Salome, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, so the wife of Zebedee, um, and who is uh, the mother, therefore, of St. John the Theologian, who we also commemorate today, Joanna, and Susanna, who we don't know too much about. Today we also commemorate Nicodemus, the disciple by night, we call him, and Joseph of Arimathea. And today is also the Synox feast of St. John the Theologian. So to all of you who celebrate your feast day today because you are named for one of the murdering women, or if you are named for St. John, I don't think we have any Nicodemuses. Perhaps some Josephs. We have some Josephs. I'm not sure which Joseph. But above all, today we commemorate again Pascha. Now, I don't know if you've ever had any conversations with some of your Protestant friends of various traditions. But I've heard people say, you sure make a big deal out of Easter. How do, you, how do we answer them? Well... I would try, I'll try to make an answer to that now. Because today, above all, we are commemorating Pascha. We are continuing our celebration. Our celebration, our remembrance of the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the, the death and resurrection are always linked. We never speak of his resurrection without also speaking of his crucifixion. Because in these, this is the central, pivotal event in all of human history. Reality itself hinges, the universe hinges upon Pascha. And this is why we make such a big deal. Say, wait a minute, it's bigger than Christmas? Yeah. If it could be bigger than Christmas, being parts of the same, same gospel. Now, how, why is this such a big deal? Because God himself, the creator of the universe, our earth and everything in it and all of us, and the entire cosmos, that person or those persons became incarnate for our salvation. And 
died and united their lives, united his life to our life. He reveals himself in his death and resurrection to be a God who is utterly humble, who is perfect love, who defines for us what love truly is. His death and resurrection reveal his power, reveal his light, and reveal his love. Pascha changes everything. For us, the world has been turned upside down. Nothing is the same. Now, I was reading in some of the um, ancient faith blogs, and I don't know if any of you read any of those, but there is a retired priest who offers a reflection every single day. And I was reading his, his name is Father Basil, and I don't have his biography to bring to you, but he succinctly was able on Holy Tuesday to um, summarize what the fathers teach about this. He says, the world is turned upside down. The death and resurrection of Christ split history in two, as surely as the rocks were split open at the crucifixion. For Christ's death has no more dominion, and for those who are in him, corruption no longer reigns. For those who believe, the old order of this world has been overturned. For us, everything has been changed, as Paul said. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christ enters into our lives in the fullness, in that he enters into that part of our lives which we most fear, that is death. He becomes so fully human that he embraces death on our behalf. As St. John the theologian says in his first epistle, for as he is, so are we in the world. Christ has opened the way through his death for us to become partakers in his divinity. St. Paul says, do you not know that as many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like as Christ, we are raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. He goes on, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be raised together in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Paul says again, I am crucified with Christ, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who gave me, who loved me and gave himself for me. If you are risen with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, 
then you shall also appear with him in glory. Now that's not one passage, but I cobbled together several passages from several epistles of St. Paul. Christ's death changes everything. His resurrection changes everything. And we, our death, sorry, his death has now been united to our death so that his resurrection becomes our resurrection. And this is what we want to hold on to, that reality. And that's why we spend, the church says for us, to celebrate Pascha for 40 days after the feast, to stay in that reality. And truly, we should stay in that reality. Pascha at the end of Holy Week. And then, Holy, Holy Week, and Holy, uh, sorry, Bright Week, where we don't fast and we are, are encouraged to remain in, start thinking in the resurrection. But our old patterns of life emerge. Post-Pascha is a crucial time for us because there is this great temptation and tendency to revert to our old ways as if we had not been changed, as if death had not been defeated and we had not been reminded that death has been destroyed, that the world has been turned upside down, that our lives have been renewed and changed. Now, Great Lent challenges us to intensify our spiritual efforts, our struggle against sin and the passions, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But Pascha reveals what God has done. And it more than fulfills all that is lacking in our repentance. All of our efforts that attempt to overcome our passions and our sin are just our small little portion. Pascha reveals that God has done it all. He has put death to death. Death no longer has dominion over us. And by death, I mean sin. Sin no longer has dominion over us. Our spiritual life is not really meant to be a sine wave where we do great Lent and Holy Week and we drift back into normal rhythm. And then we do Holy Week again next year, and we go back to the normal. And we stay along this same constant average. Great Lent and Holy Week are meant to be a challenge for us to step up to a new level. A new level of understanding of what God has done. A new level of grace that God can pour out on us through his death and resurrection and through our embracing of that reality. So our life should resemble not a sine wave, sorry, that's a math term, a wave, but um, more like steps or a ladder, as we sometimes see it. So how can we preserve in our hearts the spirit of Pascha, the reality of his death and resurrection, the joy of being united with him in his life, in his resurrection life? This really is the essence of the Christian faith the essence of how we should live our lives, to bring the knowledge and remembrance of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our God. What he has done to bring that into every situation, every moment, infusing the love of God into all of our hours, all of our minutes, 
all of our seconds until it's possible. But obviously, without God's grace and help, this is impossible. All of us probably already, in the mere two weeks since Pascha, have felt the world encroach, have felt uh, the world, the Christ-denying world pulling at us. We are drawn back into a worldly way of thinking and being. So how can we fight this? How can we preserve the joy of Pascha into our daily lives? What can we do? What can we do to invite God's grace and where we can find God's help? Well, St. Sophroni says there are three things that we can do or should do. And this is a little deja vu. I've said it before. There are three things that we can do to preserve the reality of what God has done in our lives. Number one, perhaps not in any order of importance, but the scriptures. We need to read the scriptures daily. If we hope to daily remember Christ, and that we now live for him and not for ourselves, then we daily need to be in the scriptures, especially the gospels, which then will give us remembrance of what he has done, what he has accomplished. It'll give us inspiration. The scriptures will give us the knowledge of the truth that we must have to fight the falsehood and the untruth of the world, because in them we will find our encouragement. That's one. Number two, I bet you can guess, prayer. Especially the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Or some version of that. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. God has given us his name, Jesus. And he told us, ask anything in my name and I will do it. And sometimes we don't know exactly what we should ask. Or maybe most of the time, we don't know what we should ask. So the Jesus prayer is perfect. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And what does it mean to have mercy on me? Lord Jesus Christ, comfort me. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me. Lord Jesus Christ, heal me. Lord Jesus Christ, protect me. Lord Jesus Christ, guide me. Lord Jesus Christ, do all things according to your will for me. This is the second thing that we can do to bring the grace of God into our lives and the remembrance of our, of our victory in his resurrection. And of course, prayer for others. I can't forget. That's not number three. That's 2.5. Praying for others is the best cure for our worries and our fears. When we are worried and we are stressed out, while it seems counterintuitive, if we will stop, come away, and we will pray for others. It gets us out of our self-centeredness. It puts us, it puts our own lives into perspective. And if we don't know, like we mostly don't know, what other people need, we just know they need our prayers, then we can again use the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on so-and-so. Number three, and this one, you're doing a good job at. Come to the liturgy. Make the liturgy the central, 
of your life. Because the liturgy each week makes present the reality of Pascha. His death and resurrection is celebrated and commemorated through the whole liturgy every Sunday. Every Sunday is a mini Pascha. Jesus said in the upper room to his disciples, as often as you do this, remember me. And this is what we need to do. We need to remember God all the time. So those are the three. Read the scriptures. Pray. Attend the liturgy. Live your life suspended between two liturgies. Remembering Christ. And if I can add one more thing, not really a fourth, but love one another. If we love one another, these are the words of Christ, his central command to us is to love one another. And by this you will know that you are in Christ, and that Christ and his resurrection life are in you. Now you've perhaps heard this prescription before, but some of you have been to physical therapists before, and they give you all sorts of prescriptions, and we all do those perfectly. <laughs> Living in the world, there are so many distractions, and it is very difficult. But if we had a disease, and the doctor gave us a prescription, a medicine to take, maybe one that's painful, a, a shot, or a, a bitter pill, and it was gonna cure our disease, wouldn't we do it? Because we don't wanna die. Well, we do have a disease called sin. Forgetfulness of God and all that he has done. And there is a pandemic that has been going on since the beginning, and that is unbelief, and that is sin, and we are infected, all of us, by virtue of our physical worldly lives. Forgive me for talking on too long, but there's so much to remind us of. St. John the Theologian, in his epistle reading today, which is somewhat short, really alludes to the resurrection. And if we think of these words as we are thinking and pondering and contemplating the resurrection, let me please share these with you. Considering and thinking of the resurrection. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we saw it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this so that our joy may be complete. This is the message which we heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. My brothers and sisters in Christ, let us with Christ's help 
walk and live in the light of Christ's resurrection. In Pascha. So that we can together in fellowship live that resurrection life. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Unless we let it. Christ is risen.